Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the You Can Do It Too podcast by Mamba Inspire. I am Mamadou Balde, I'm your host. The purpose of this podcast is to both showcase black excellence and increase awareness of the multitude of career possibilities out there for up-and-coming black professionals. This podcast will assist in breaking stigmas, barriers, and helping black students believe that they are smart enough to be future doctors, engineers, educators, and... Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today in our podcast with a a unique story, definitely growing up in Nigeria and coming to the U.S., pursuing still medicine after she earned her degree in medicine in Nigeria. She came to the U.S. and pursued degree and became a doctor, uh, is trying to become a doctor here in the United States. She is a resident now uh, at Wayne State University uh, in Detroit Medical Center. She is part of the Anatomic Pathology Residency Program. She is in the leadership team of 500 women scientists, an international organization dedicated to making science open, inclusive, and accessible. She has been a Global Health Alliance scholar uh, and has done multiple public publications about women health. Man, tune in. This is definitely going to be a good one. So how's everything going over there? Good. Everything is going well. Are you? Do you live in Detroit? I work in Detroit, but I don't live um, in Detroit. Well, I live close to Detroit. Okay. Okay. So how's the situation with the COVID-19? Is your hospital one of the uh, hospitals dealing with the COVID-19? Oh, for sure. Um, but I think um, I think we're better compared to like when it started initially, but I think um, things are better now. Okay, okay, I see. So right now you work uh, as a resident in pathology at Wayne State University, right? Yes. Before we go on, um, can you tell me more about yourself? Definitely. So I just graduated from UT Austin and I started this, uh, I started this podcast at UT about two years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea came from when I was interning at ExxonMobil earlier last summer and I saw that so many professionals uh, where we are minority in like engineering, medicine and those fields are not known, are not showcased. And uh, mm-hmm. I had a company already called Mamba Inspire that do motivational speeches in high schools and college and colleges for freshmen. So I decided maybe I need to start a podcast showcasing people that are doing excellent things uh, in these fields where we are minority in. Definitely, definitely. So I was talking about uh, you, are, you are a resident right now, right, at Wayne State. Yes, I am. Okay. I know. I usually ask people, what's your day-to-day like as physician? But I would. I know it's so busy. It's different. So, what's your week-to-week like as so, a resident student? So I, I don't. I think my week-to-week varies. Um, like um, you'd get to learn when you get into um, medical school and probably residency. Um, it depends on your clinical rotation. It depends on what you're doing. It depends on the service that you're working in. So depending on the service that I'm working on, um, my week varies. But I can tell you generally, it's quite busy. Um, okay. Typically, my day starts at um, 
um, my official duty starts at eight in the morning, um, often with um, didactics. So we get to learn from faculty and um, people in the department, of course, about pathology. And so after that, then the real um, hands-on training starts after the didactic section. So um, we'd have that throughout the week. And so um, it's, it varies, but I will tell you that it's busy and it runs throughout the day. And um, um, we, as pathology, like, like you, we already know, pathology is a field that deals a lot with diagnosis. And so as a pathology resident, I am sort of honing my skills to make diagnoses that would impact the care of patients. Definitely. So right now you guys are very needed for the corona. I know. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So you, I know you, going back to your childhood experiences, you were born in Nigeria, right? Yes. Talk about uh, your growing up in Nigeria. What was it like? I, I think um, growing up in Nigeria, I, one thing I liked about it was the community that we had. So um, um, it's, it was a community kind of upbringing where you have uncles, aunts, um, cousins. Um, you have a neighborhood where you can play with kids from different backgrounds everywhere. So um, that was the kind of um, environment that I was raised in. I was raised in this kind of community and family setup where you there is connection between all the extended family members. You know your cousins, you know your uncles, you know your your aunts, and which is something that I don't really have here in the United States. But that was basically how I was raised. Definitely, exactly, and I feel that I, I definitely feel that the the culture back home is more thirty people in the same house, and here you are facing the walls, <laughs> the four walls, just you. Definitely, uh, following your journey is your journey is amazing, and following it is very evident that you always wanted to go into medicine. Like there's that that persistence, you can't notice that persistence within your journey, and I want to ask you. When did that fuel started burning? So um, I think um, basically back home, I think our parents played a huge role in the career paths that we eventually follow as kids. So I know that if you were a kid that was very good in maths, your parents would sort of push, sort of guide you into something like engineering. If you were a very good talkative, you can talk and argue, they'll say, oh, you should be a lawyer. And if you were more into science, doing well in the sciences, they'll be like, oh, you're so intelligent, you should go do medicine. So I would say for me, from a very young age, I was seen as the child that sort of stood out um, academically in school. So I used to do very well in school. And so right from when I was in elementary, elementary school, my parents were always like, you should be a doctor. Um, or your aunties, your uncles would say, oh, you're so intelligent, you should be a doctor. So somehow that's, so you're so young, um, eight-year-old, seven-year-old child, everyone is telling you you should be a doctor. And so with time you start thinking about being a doctor and so i went into high school or secondary school and that same oh you should be a doctor was like it continued and you know um going to um high school i sort of just loved the sciences and so i went i was um in the science um field and after that, um, going into medicine was just smooth. And I know that even though I, I, I say that my parents played a role in that um, ultimate decision, I would say um, sometimes you might not like what they say you should do, 
but I think in my own situation, I think I just sort of love the medicine. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me personally, I, I see medicine as a calling. I think not everyone can be a doctor because there is, it has to come with that passion. And I really have that passion. I want to impact people. I want to help people. And I know, um, especially in pathology, even though I don't interface with patients, I know the amount of work that pathologists put into their day-to-day -day work. Why? Because we know that ultimately the diagnosis that we provide for patients is what determines the treatment that they get. And so wow. for me, medicine has just been smooth and easy. And so I would say my parents played a role, but at the same time, I loved going into medicine. Definitely, definitely. Medicine is definitely one of the only fields where you cannot fail upward. You have to really, you have to really be able to have something bigger than you to go through the walls that you're gonna be facing. Definitely. Yes. And so, the, I'm not exactly sure about this, but according to my research, you did your medical school at the University of Benin in Nigeria, and you started uh, you started practicing medicine in Nigeria, right? Correct. Talk about that experience a little bit. What was that like? Uh, just going to, I, I know you said uh, it was smooth to go to medical school, but what was the process of being matriculated and practicing medicine? So um, unlike what we have in the United States where you have to get a college degree before going into medicine, back home in Nigeria, the going into medicine was different. So we, uh, uh, the medical education is more like a six year training. And so there is no, um, there is no college degree before medicine. So you just complete high school and you go into medicine and it's a six year training. So for me, my, my education at my medical school I think that's exact. I think it's the same thing um, across um, all the medical schools in Nigeria. So the first three years, I said it's a six-year training program, mm -hmm. but the first three years we call it the pre-medic pre-clinical training years. And so those are the that that's the period where you do more basic sciences, organic chemistry, physics, and stuff like that. And after the first three years, which they call we call um, preclinical pre um, clinical training, you go into the clinical years, and that starts from the fourth year of medicine, and so it's in total is six years, and um, after your six years of training, you get to do one year of what um, we call internship. So an internship you get to rotate is a is a one year period. Every three months, you rotate through four major departments: um, medicine surgery, um, pediatrics, and obstetrics, and gynecology. And in between, you can do um, subspecialty um, rotations, maybe one week in psychiatry, um, you know, just like that. So that's um, basically the training that I received. And um, in Nigeria also, there is this um, system, there's a program where, which is called um, National Youth Service Corps. And that's um, what every graduate, irrespective of your discipline, um, once you graduate from the, um, from the university, you're required to go do one year mandatory service. And so for us that do medicine, we do that after our year of internship. So for example, someone that does engineering goes for the mandatory service after um, they finish, immediately they finish from the university. Then the next year they're going for the um, mandatory one year service to serve the government, so to speak. Um, but for those of us that did medicine, we usually do the one year of internship after graduating from medical school. Then after that, you go to the one year of um, 
um, mandatory and national service. And from there, um, what people do is that when they finish that one year of mandatory service, some people go on to um, practice directly. You start practicing as a medical officer where you are like a general practitioner. You see patients, mm. pediatrics, adults, psychiatry, surgery, everything. So you become like a general physician. So, um, and that's what I did before I came to the United States. Wow, wow, that's amazing. But I, there, you came to a point where you decided to leave Nigeria and come to the U.S. Uh, what was that decision? Were you always looking to come to the U.S. or it was an opportunity that came about and you just took it? So I have always been the kind of person that um, tries to learn more. I am this kind of person that wants to gain more knowledge. So I think for me, um, the idea of coming to the United States was born out of this desire to want to learn more. So like I told you, once I finished my internship, I did my um, national service, I started practicing in the community, you know, but I found out that um, our policies could have been better. And mm. so I wanted to get a master's in health policy. I wanted mm. to learn systems and procedures that can work in developed in the developed world, so to speak, that could be applied in less developed settings like the one that I trained. And so um, that was where um, the desire to go get more education um, came from. And I knew I couldn't get it from my, um, where I trained from back home. I wanted to go somewhere that was known that I could get the right um, training. So I decided to do my master's here in the United States in one of the one of the top schools for policies, and that's at Brandeis University in Massachusetts. This podcast is about showcasing black professionals who are doing excellent things. But what is the definition of black excellence? Taking what you have and making the best of it. Can achieve things when literally like the whole entire system is designed like in ways that are like is designed to exclude us. It doesn't matter what you start out with. It matters where you go. And then when you go, you're not going just for you. You're going to lead the way for someone else. It means excelling at a high level while staying true to yourself and true to yourself in your black. We still are able to, you know, just like go the extra mile or, you know, carry the extra weight that we need to carry just because of society and still achieve the things that we're able to achieve. And paying it forward. That's my definition of black excellence. Definitely. How hard was it to, to leave home though then? Because you, you were practicing medicine. How hard was it to leave that ability to do that and come to the US knowing that you can't just practice medicine? until you get more education? It's, it's hard, definitely it's hard. But I think um, like any, um, anything worth doing in life, and mm. sometimes that you just have to make sacrifices. Mm. I would say it was a tough decision, it was hard. And especially coming to the United States um, to learn everything afresh, learn a new culture, getting to meet new people and stuff like that. So it was a tough decision, but at the end of the day, I knew it was a worthy decision. I knew um, I might not get the um, desired gains immediately, but I knew that if I just stayed the course, um, with time, I would yield the dividend. So I wouldn't say it was an easy decision. It wasn't, but I knew, it, ultimately I knew it was worth it.
Okay. Did you did you do the did you do medical school here or you just moved to residency? No, we don't have to do medical school again. Um, okay. What we do is um, I'm already an MD. It's just that um, for you to get into the medical system, you need to do the um, USMLE examinations, which is the licensing examinations. And that comes in several stages in the USMLE step one, step two, clinical skills, step two, um, clinical knowledge, and the USMLE step three. And so that's what we have to do in order to get into a medical residency. And that's what I did. Definitely, definitely. So once you got here, you started, uh, you started your master's program and you, you, did the, you, you took a lot of jobs in the health field, right? Because you knew uh, you, that's what you wanted to do. That's, you were great at that, right? And uh, you still had the option of going back after your master's, but you decided to transition into the residency here. How hard was that decision? Did you at any point feel like it's just easier to go back to Nigeria? I don't think I, I don't think I, that ever crossed my mind to go back because I knew where I was coming from. So mm. coming to the United States and doing my master's, I was already being exposed to um, how things can be can be done better, and yes. so um, once I finished my master's, um, I had learned about policies that can be applied um, to different settings to make things work, and so I knew it wasn't going to be an immediate transition um, mm. from master's just going to med into medicine to residency. No, I knew it wasn't going to be um, like that, and so um, but the point is. I actually did not know how long it was going to take me um, from when I would complete my master's to getting back into medicine. I had no idea from the beginning. Wow. Um, so I think I just took it one day at a time. Um, I was done with my master's. Um, I was fortunate to get some jobs in clinical research. I was doing that while at the same time studying for my exams. And so things, I just let things roll um, and I just ran with it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Just pushing, pushing the limits. You, I, I, I saw you uh, earlier talking about uh, on LinkedIn, talking about uh, having people uh, helping you, opening doors for you, people helping you across your journey. Because your journey is a hard journey. It's very non-traditional. Like, how important are those people in your life? So I would say, I always talk about opportunities. Because um, in my, from my own personal experience, I think that what sets people apart, what makes someone successful, what makes, what differentiates success from failure is the ability to be exposed to opportunities. So for me, I would say I was fortunate enough to get um, this opportunity that I have. I didn't get into medical residency immediately, like I said, immediately um, I finished my master's. And um, you know, sometimes, life happens you know um sometimes things do not go the way we plan and so with everything that was happening around in my life i have a family i have kids to look after um it wasn't easy to just go into residency like that so i sort of took like a very long route but i would say that having the opportunity the people that i say open doors for me it's not even one person it's different people at different parts of my journey so for example even getting a job 
you apply for residency, you don't want to submit an empty resume, an empty CV. What makes you stand out? Why should, they, why should a program director consider you rather than considering the next person? So there has to be something in your CV that sets you apart. And now, how do you even get that experience that sets you apart if someone doesn't give you that opportunity to get that experience that will set you apart? So those are the people that I say open doors for me. Not basically one person, different people. I, I was opportune to work with people that were ready to support me. I, I worked with investigators that were doing research, allowed me to, to, to learn even more medicine, you know, and um, those people are totally, really, really important in my life. And, you know, I attended um, several interviews, you know, I attended interviews for residency, but I would say that what stands out for one person might not definitely stand out for another person. So what's my interest one program director might not necessarily impress another program director. And so, but I, like always, I always tell my story. Sometimes it resonates with people, sometimes it doesn't, and that's fine. But thankfully, thank God my story resonated with the people that I'm working with today. And so I am here because people resonated with my story. Um, for sure, I had the qualifications, and I know so many other people that also have the same qualifications, but they do not yet have the opportunity that I have right now to be doing residency. But I do have that opportunity because someone resonated with my story, and that's why I'm here. Definitely. That's amazing. That's amazing. Going back to your, to, to your childhood and the process, uh, you are very motivated. You are a very motivated person. And uh, yes, the journey was hard, but you were already, you, you were talented. You had already experience in medicine and health. So that's a plus. But still, live in Nigeria where you were around family, to here where it's a lonely world, the United States, it can be very lonely. And through the struggle of finding a path, it, yes, you know your goal, but you didn't know what was the exact path to get there. How hard was it? Like, how, what kept you motivated to, to keep going through those hard times? It was hard. I will tell you, I think one of the things that uh, motivates me to keep pushing is the motivation that got me in the path in, in the first place. Like, why did I even come to the United States in the first place? You know, it's a lot of sacrifice, which I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of sacrifice to just take your bags and say, you know, I'm going to another country that is more than 14,000 miles away from where my family lives, right? So that's the motivation. Now, I am here in the United States. Everyone is looking up to you and saying, oh, you're going to do us proud. You're going to excel. And things are not going the way you think they're going to go. So do you just pack up your bags and say, you know, I'm done? No. There are people that are looking up to you. For example, I like to share my story because I know that there are people, young boys, young girls that are somewhere in my village, somewhere in Nigeria that are looking and saying, is there any hope for me? When such people see me, they see hope. Oh, this is someone that looks like me. This is someone that talks like me. This is someone that has my kind of experience and see what she has been able to do. Those are the things that motivate me. 
So I never for one day thought it was going to be smooth and easy because like I said, I was coming to a new environment. Yes, I, wasn't, I wasn't within the confines of my, my country anymore, so to speak. I was going to learn new people, new cultures. I was going to learn the system. So even though for some people it might be easier, mine wasn't like that. But at the same time, I was ready to embrace my journey. Yes, I didn't, I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I just kept going. I just kept going. I was like, you know what? I will just keep doing it. I don't know when it's going to happen. But one thing I see that um, makes people give up easily is when you're trying to achieve a goal and you're going, you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're not getting the results. People get frustrated. People get tired. I wasn't ready to give up. I was mm. like, you know, I don't know when this is going to happen, but I'll just keep, keep doing my part. I will keep applying for residency while at the same time I'm working. So I was still working. I was doing research. And um, so, yeah, I just wasn't ready to call it quits yet. Definitely, definitely. As I said earlier, I grew up in Guinea and I left home when I was 13. And I remember I wasn't, I wasn't definitely uh, the, the first or second ranked in my classes. There were kids that were so smarter than me, but they did not have the opportunity I had. And today they have to drive taxi in order to feed uh, their, their kids, right? And sometimes some of my friends ask me why I keep pushing too hard is because I know there are people who are better than me who did not have the opportunity I have. And it's an insult for them for us to give up, right? Knowing that they could have been in our spot. This podcast is about showcasing black professionals who are doing excellent things. But what is the definition of black excellence? Taking what you have and making the best of it. Can achieve things when literally like the whole entire system is designed like in ways that are like is designed to exclude us. It doesn't matter what you start out with. It matters where you go. And then when you go, you're not going just for you. You're going to lead the way for someone else. It means excelling at a high level while staying true to yourself and true to yourself in your black. We still are able to, you know, just like go the extra mile or, you know, carry the extra weight that we need to carry just because of society and still achieve the things that we're able to achieve. And paying it forward. That's my definition of black excellence. So, back to here in the United States, right? And uh, being a doctor in medicine is one of the hardest jobs in the country, right? But your path is even harder because of your, as I said earlier, the, your journey coming from Nigeria and starting, kind of starting over, right? There's always rooms as you're trying to grow to get to a place where you've never been before. There's always rooms you get in where you are not ready, right? And sometimes you don't feel welcome. How hard did you have to work? And what lesson did you learn throughout those days to like, that kept you in those rooms and make sure that you are ready and stay in those rooms? I think one of the first things that I would say is I recognized earlier on that not everyone that you approach to help you along your journey is going to be willing to help you. 
and that is fine. Yeah. Um, you know, um, sometimes you approach people um, to help you, and they might say no. I know some people have a hard time accepting a no, but then I learned um, along my journey that, but that that's normal. Like it's a normal human phenomenon that not everyone you approach for help is going to say yes to you. So I learned that lesson early. Secondly, I also knew that in order to stand out, like you rightly said, I knew my journey was different. I knew that I was competing with a lot of very qualified and even more qualified people. But then I just couldn't just apply or do just, just normally. I, I knew that I needed to push myself. I knew that for someone to look at me and give me an opportunity or give me that chance, then there has to be something extra. So I, was, I knew that I had to bring something extra to the table. So when someone says, okay, we have um, four candidates and um, out of these four candidates, who are we going to pick? And there has to be something that I bring to the table that makes people say, you know what? She has done this, she has done this, she has done this. Let's give her the opportunity. So that's something I also learned that sometimes when you're trying to pursue your goals, you should be ready to make those sacrifices that will make you do extra. You should be ready to give up some of your comfort if you're ready, if you're really serious about achieving your goals. And so those are some of the things that I did. I know I lost sleep because I'm trying to, I did a lot of things. I was volunteering for, because um, I, I learned that, oh, you have to be in the community. You have to do so many things. You have to get different types of experiences. And so even my weekends, I was volunteering. You know, wow. going to homeless shelters, I'm going to food pantries just to volunteer. And you know, when you attend interviews and you're sharing that story about how oh, you, you, you help, you're helping out in your community, it resonates with some people. Some people actually love to hear such stories. So what I'm saying in essence is that sometimes when you're pursuing your goals, you have to be willing to give extra. You have to be able to um, sort of be uncomfortable for some time just because you're trying to achieve a particular goal and that, that's what i did um yes that's what i did definitely definitely talking about lessons and talking about the younger generations uh back home and even here who's looking up to you right what are some lessons do you feel like that younger you right now uh can learn from what's one thing that you think is beneficial if they know I think one thing I would say is beneficial is that hard work and diligence pays off, regardless of where you are. So um, recently, I was honored to be one of 40 under 40 um, honorees at the American Society of Clinical Pathology. That's a huge deal, you know? And I know that I wouldn't get that honor if I didn't do anything. Like, no, I wouldn't. So yeah. you know, hard work pays. So that's one thing I would tell the younger people coming behind me. Just do your best. Put in the work. Do the, put in your effort. It might cost you your sleep. It might make you uncomfortable. You Just do it. If you want to stand out, just do what you're supposed to do. Hard work pays regardless. And um, yeah, hard work. Just do the work. Just do it. Definitely, definitely. What's your favorite thing about your job right now? 
where you are as a resident. I know there's not a lot of fun, but what's your favorite thing about being at work? So I actually love my specialty. I think one of the favorite things that I love about my job is that I don't get to see my patients, but when I'm looking at my slides and I'm looking under the microscope, I see patients in those cells. And I recognize that whatever I say as a pathologist, when the clinician sees my report, it's going to determine what they do for the patient. So that's something that I take seriously as a resident. That's a skill that I'm building upon, that this is a, this is a big deal. So pathologists, actually, we are very focused on attention because two things might look similar, but not exactly the same. The, wow. treatment, the treatment that is given for one entity might be different from something that looks very close and similar to it, but different um, pathways. And so one thing that in, excites me about pathology is that it's so broad. There is so much to see. There is so much to learn. So many beautiful pictures to see under the microscope. And so um, that sort of makes me motivated. And the fact that um, you know, that, that singular um, knowledge that whatever I put on the report might influence what a patient um, eventually gets as treatment, that's a big deal. It's not wow. something to just come and say, you know, I need to get this done. No, it's something that you need to look at it critically think about it and be sure that wow. yes, this, this is what this person has. I am ready to put my name on this document and that's it. So yes, that's- It's like that's, detective work too, right? You have to do a lot of detective work. That's amazing, that's amazing. So wrapping up here, I know you are, busy, you are busy, you have to go, but last question is growing up from Nigeria, I feel like even though you are humble, <laughs> you don't like to say it, your journey is excellent. And it is, I mean, there's, we don't have to compare anything, but it's definitely uh, the, the lesson that you, are, that you have learned along the way, I'm sure, is just going to make you better as a, as a physician uh, when, you become, when you become one here in the United States. And that's that's excellence and one thing that i like to talk about in this podcast since this is a podcast about black professional doing excellence thing i want to ask you what does black excellence mean to you black excellence means what it means for me is being able to inspire the younger generation so for example i would just share this experience before roundup so there was one day i i was done with work and i was going home after he had days work and I was wearing my my lab coats and I had my tag my name tag and my name tag has physician on it and as I was leaving the hospital I saw one little black girl and her mom they were coming from the opposite direction so I was walking this way they were coming like we were opposite each other and as I walked past them I hear this little girl she should be maybe she should be like five or six I hear her say to her mom Mom, she's a doctor. Hey, she's a doctor. Wow. And I stopped and I looked at her. And, you know, my heart melted. Why? Because I'm sure maybe she hasn't seen a black doctor before. A wow. black woman, I don't know. But I could see that surprise, you know. So that's what's actually one of the things that inspires me to keep being excellent at what I do. 
is because I know that there are people that are looking up to me. There are young boys, there are young girls that are looking and saying, I don't see anyone that looks like me up there, right? I want to change that. I want that little girl or that little boy to look around and say, oh, yes, I see someone that looks at me up there. So that's what inspires me. And that's what makes me to be excellent as a Black person in the professional space in America. Wow. That is amazing. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I know you are extremely busy as a resident. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you today. I made the black queen's grace continually mesmerize the millions who couldn't see it when looking into her eyes. And the black man's plight no longer be the disguise. Oppression and masculation, they want to castracize it. I just want to be me. I just want to be free. I just want liberty, equity, and democracy. I just want to believe in the good of society. I just want to believe that they ain't been lying to me. I want equality. want no more poverty. I want people to tell you it's more black people in jail for committing crimes. The blacks and whites are committing equal. I want the corporate interest to crumble before my feet. I want them to stop selling your rights to powers that be. I want a third term for Obama, we'll never see. No Democrat, no Republican, me, I want unity. I want the righteous voice speaking to my community. Don't listen to what they say and look at what they say to see. I want you to know the truth, but for that, you will have to.